You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. Today's guest needs very little introduction, since many of you may remember her as the host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Not too long ago, and now I have to admit, she's a tough act to follow. And I'm sure you're going to be thrilled to hear her again. Sarah Wilson, as you know, has contributed to many of the top leading magazines. And she and her husband, Brian Commons, have written so many wonderful books together. It's really too long to list. But they are listed on this website. So if you have an interest in seeing them, please make sure that you check it out. Today we'll be talking to Sarah about her new book called Dogology, which she co-authored with Vicki Koch. Sarah, real quick, did you decide to give Brian a break on this one? <laughs> Vicki and I have been wanting to write this for years because we get together and we get to talking about what the connection with our animals mean to us and how they connect so deeply with us. And so for about 10 years, we've been talking about it. And finally, we just went ahead and did it. And Brian graciously was happy and supportive. So no conflict there. There's lots to write <laughs> together separately. You can't stop us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so much fun to talk to you. And I've had the privilege uh, of lecturing with Sarah. And I hope to do it again in the future. But before we chat with Sarah, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Spills, pet messes, and dirt are unavoidable, but the stains and odors they cause are not. SpotShot Instant Carpet Stain and Odor Eliminators, non-toxic, environmentally friendly, and biodegradable formula, safely and permanently eliminates the toughest carpet spills and stains, even pet messes. Approved by the Carpet and Rug Institute, SpotShot neutralizes odors with powerful dual odor eliminators and utilizes an anti-resoiling agent to protect carpets from future stains. SpotShot products can be found at Walmart, Petco, Lowe's, and your local grocery retailer. For more information, visit SpotShot.com. Get $5 off the admission for the hit movie, Marley and Me. Just go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Marley and Me banner for details. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Slavani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome today's special guest, Sarah Wilson, who will be talking to us about her new book, Dogology, which she co-authored with Vicki Crook. I'm almost done reading it, Sarah. I have to admit, I had a difficult time putting it down. Oh, Um, that's good news, but I'm sorry. At the same time, good and bad. What I found was, what what I really enjoyed about it was, it was a quick, easy read, and it was a fun read. I most liked the fact that it was something very unique and different, um, which I find so refreshing to read something new. So my first question to you is um, the title, I guess, Dogology. I love the name. Can you explain to the audience a little bit what, what that means and how you came up with that phrase? Absolutely. That was something that uh, Vicki and I came up with along the lines of both psychology and astrology, different ways of looking at ourselves. We have nine different owner types, both the pluses and the minuses of each type. Just like if you're a Taurus, you know your strengths and weaknesses. And it's a way of thinking about ourselves and our friends. You certainly will find yourself in this book and your friends. Most often we find our friends and call them and go, you are such an expert, angel, soulmate, whatever. You've got to read this. So that's why we put it together. Not enough has been done really on our connection with animals and certainly not in a playful way for everyone to enjoy. So I'm really glad you enjoyed it in that way and found it fun and easy to read. That was our goal. And it's a way to start thinking about ourselves and our attachment and how our past history always is going to impact are present and how that happens with the animals too. Oh, that's so true. And I, I love I love what you said, playful, because it really was. And in part one, you talked about personality profiles. Mm-hmm. And you re- basically cut them into three zones, which you call them. They're the feelers, the thinkers, yep. and the doers. I have to admit, I feel like I'm all three. Is that unusual or what do I do about that now? <laughs> you don't you don't do anything about it. And I'm not surprised you're all three because you're such an experienced and wonderful trainer and you've worked with people for so long so successfully that you're gonna relate to all the different sorts. You're gonna recognize them in your client base and recognize those pieces of yourself. Often people will feel most connected to one type and then see sort of subcategories. I found to my surprise that, you know, I was expecting myself to be more of a masterful type. Not really. I'm more an observer type. Uh, and I've got a little soulmate on the side and a little masterful connection on the side as well. Interesting. Now, um, I'm sure, of course, if, if every member of the family, which I encourage them, number one, to get the book, but number two, to take a look at that and have each family member take a look at their different traits, how can mm-hmm. that affect the dog's behavior? Well, when you're with a soulmate, you understand that if you're talking about control, they're going to glaze over. They don't Mm. care. They don't want the control. So that's not what you discuss. If you discuss safety and connection, they're all in. So by understanding the different types we are, we can understand how to discuss what we want in terms of how we want to affect the dog, and we can talk to them in a way that they will connect to and respond to. Because if you argue, or with a a masterful type, if you argue um, connection with them, they're going to look at you and go, well, that's not the point. I'm into control. Fine, we'll give you control. (laughs) Often the husbands uh, will relate a little bit more to the... um, control and authority association that's sort of a very masculine approach 
approach to training, and we see that certainly in the media, and then women more into connection and safety, and that's a female perspective, and both are valid, and both can be very effective. You just can't argue one to each other. (laughs) I love that because doing behavior cases, as Mm -hmm. you know, you meet with the husband and the wife and sometimes the family, and they're all debating on who's right, who's wrong. So this this can really help them. And it can yes. help us. It can, it can realize that everybody's on the same page in sense that, that they want what's best for the animal. It's just their approach is different. But you can respect each approach, and each approach can be incredibly effective. There doesn't have to be one way. All you need to do is inspire the people to do it. And that's why I went back and got my master's at Lesley University because it wasn't my dog skills that were limiting me, although there's always more to learn. It was really getting the people involved and engaged. And that's when I really started seeing how differently people connect and how by relating to their natural way of connecting, you can be much more effective than if you try to make them think the way we do, which is as a dog professional, and we have a bit more perspective than most. Great point. And I'm a little quiz taker anyway. I love them. Aren't we and, all? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's addicting. I don't know why I love them. but I, And you have all these little quizzes in the beginning of the book. And mm-hmm. the good part is there's no right or wrong answer. So they were fun. But it really forced me to have to think. Tell the audience a little bit about the quizzes. Um, the quizzes are for the purpose of sorting out how we think, but also for me, I wanted a lot in there because I really wanted to engage people with the idea that many different perspectives can be equally valid. And if I could get people to understand each other's perspective, I think we really could just get along. (laughs) And the Mm. dogs could be more effectively served and trained and cared for. So that was one of the reasons I was really inspired to do the various quizzes throughout. So we could all laugh and go, wow, I never thought that someone could think that. And yet, they do. So that was the, the part of that that headed me in that direction. And then sorting out the feelers from the thinkers to the, from the doers wasn't hard, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed developing that questionnaire and trying it out on people and, and making sure I was getting to what I wanted to get to. But um, that was the inspiration with that, so we could all understand each other a little bit differently. It was very helpful, very helpful, I, I thought. I found one comment um, quite interesting in the book. <laughs> I'm ready. (laughs) You said, according to one study done in 1998, Mm -hmm. a full 70% of respondents regarded their pets as children. Mm -hmm. I I was shocked. I I was really, that's that's a large number. And as a professional trainer, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are that animals hit us on lots of different, very sensitive levels, and we don't have the language for it. The closest analogy people can make is it's like my child, and yet people know it's not their child. You know, but I don't think they have any other label for it. I think we're a little weak with language in English. We either have child, friend, companion, um, significant other. We got some significant other responses too. Um, mm-hmm. But I think child is the most common because that's the closest thing we have to a being that is with us and that we tend in that way and that is innocently physical and innocently loving. I think that's the closest template we have. But I don't don't think people actually mistake them for children in most cases. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. Because how many of our clients say, um, you know, go see your father, or mm-hmm. you know, where's where's your mother? And mm-hmm. obviously not realizing they, they can give birth to the dog, but <laughs> right. But we don't know what else to call it. I think that sometimes gets mistaken for for people thinking, oh, well, they think they are these things. Mm, they don't know what else to say. They they love it that much. They love the dog that much. 
Um, Good. And, and often I can, you know, we can then use that because people say, they're my baby. I say, well, if it was your baby, you wouldn't let it do X, Y, Z. You, you know, mm. if you're going to anthropomorphize, let's go for it. <laughs> right. Let's, re- let's really go for it. And you, if your child came up to you 20 times and said, love me, love me, love me, you'd be like, stop, I'm busy. Wait a second. Right. But with dogs, we tend to be endlessly flattered by that. And so we actually encourage behavior that we would never encourage from a child or a friend. So true. So, so true. Before we take a short break, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about, you talked about different profiles and how they can affect how we deal with each other in the world. For mm-hmm. for example, there's the soulmate, the expert, mm-hmm. the dynamo, the observer, and, and many more. Um, where do these come from? And can you expand upon this a little bit so people can understand the importance of this chapter? And I'd like to know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... We did this by sorting through, I've been in this business now for 20 years, Brian's been in here for 20 years, and talking to each other and our friends and really making sure that everyone we could think of as clients was encompassed in this. And I also do a message board at My Smart Puppy, and I've answered tens of thousands of emails now, and I've just had a big exposure to a lot of different sorts of owners, and that's really where these came from. Vicki and I worked together. She understood some of the archetypes and Enneagram categories, and so we brought it together. We blended. We argued. We debated, and that's the group we came up with, and I'm really happy with them. Oh, they're, they're uh, great. Me, yeah, and for me, I'm mostly a thinker type, and I have um, a little feeler and a little doer, and it really depends on the dog because Pip gets a lot more of my feeler side. <laughs> and other dogs get a lot more of my doer side. So you can be impacted by different dogs. A toy dog brings out different things in me as a woman than my big, strong working dogs. Oh, that is a great, great point because I'm, I'm, and I think female, male also, don't you agree? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially with men. I know how my husband is with, with our female dog. He would never mush our male Mm -hmm. dog like he does the female dog. Absolutely. We are all products of our culture and of our background, and we relate to the dogs that way. And then the dogs tend to relate to us. They reflect it back. I was just uh, doing a cruise for Barkley, and a woman came up, and she was obviously very worked up. And she was talking, and she was very combative with me. She was like, I don't agree with you. I'm like, okay, you know, there are a lot of us on the planet. You don't have to agree. And she was talking about how combative she was with her dog. And I thought, wow, you know, that's her worldview And that's what she's creating. She's trying to create with me as combat, and she has created with a dog. It doesn't have to be that way. Someone else might relate to that animal in a completely different way and have a completely different experience. And we see that as professionals all the time. We get dogs that are labeled XYZ by the owners, and we experience them entirely differently. Uh, And that's some of the gift of being a professional is helping people see that it's not just what we see but it's actually all that an animal can offer. And often people are so excited to see that the dog can be gentle or calm or smart or responsive or whatever it is that they didn't think was possible. Great point. So right now we're going to just take a real short break so we can hear from our sponsors. So don't go away. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Greetings, human. What planet am I? 
Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvana, your host, and joining us is none other than Sarah Wilson talking to us about her new book, Dogology. Sarah, we just finished up talking a little bit about um, the different profiles, and um, I want to move on to, on page 145 of the book, you entitled it, My Protective Type, and I just want to read a quote uh, from the book. You said, there's something that dogs provide for nearly every owner, a sense of safety, sometimes real, sometimes perceived, but always comforting. I love this quote um, because it's so true. Can you tell our audience a little bit what you mean about my protective type? Well, thank you for choosing this because I fought for this one. (laughs) 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 Because uh, I think uh, particularly for women, but for everybody, I know that I do things in the world with a dog at my side in a way that I wouldn't by myself. I'll take walks through the woods that I would might feel vulnerable about taking on my own. But with my dog at my side, out I go into the world. And certainly when Brian's traveling and there's a bump in the night, I feel totally different about it when I've got 300 pounds of dogs lying around the bed than I would by myself. So they provide a constant sense of security, whether or not they would protect me. I hope I never find out. But their, their mere presence allows me to relax and feel more comfortable in my world than I would otherwise. And small dogs can do that for us, too, for the same reason. A small dog will bark 
if someone's coming into the house. We just feel that we are more secure with our animals, and that piece of it doesn't get spoken about nearly enough to me. Oh, I totally agree. And, and even when you, when you think about it, you're driving in your car, you're driving at night, you're driving down, you know, an unfamiliar street. It's just much more comforting knowing that you have your dog there. Absolutely. In the questionnaire I did um, for my master's, women would say things like, I would never have tried agility. I would, I would have been too shy, too awkward, too concerned. But with my dog next to me, I know that no matter what happens, he's going to think I'm great. And so I can give it a try. So I think dogs inspire us because we feel like we've got a friend with us at all times. So even if it's not a physical vulnerability, we can feel socially vulnerable and still we'll give it a try. And that's what I think is miraculous about the dogs. Good, good point. Yeah. Part two talks about breeds of dogs. And you call this (laughs) the Dogologist's Guide to True Love. And I love this since um, it made me nod my head when I was reading it, even if I don't. Sorry, this is a visiting V. Schlupp. I'm sorry. (laughs) Mary Brady, you may know him. You know this V. And, of course, the electrician's arriving, so I'm walking to the back bedroom so we can talk. Yeah, um, <laughs> and actually that Vishla was a puppy when I saw it last. <laughs> well, and I was so thrilled to hear that she went to you because I'm always referring you whenever anyone's anywhere in the vicinity of St. Hubert. It's such a fabulous school. You run such a wonderful program. I am forever sending, go to St. You're near St. Hubert's? Go, drive. Oh, oh, that's sweet. Thank you so much. But now we're going to get back to you instead. Okay. <laughs> this okay. is your half hour. <laughs> Absolutely, but still. <laughs> um. Expand upon um, these different particular breeds just a little bit. Some might think their particular breed description of the book, but it's not really about the breeds, is it? It's not your typical breed book. Oh, no, this is not the typical breed book. It's really much more about what the human has to be to work well with that breed or group of dogs. So instead of matching the dog to the human, this really matches the human to the dog. And it's something that every dog professional I know sits around and talks about from time to time and says, oh, they should have never gotten X. That's just going to be hard for them, whether it's a sensitive sighthound and they're a very loud people, you know, or <laughs> it's a, and you think, I'm just going to have to tone them down so much they would have been better off with a sporting dog that would have thought that was funny. You know, you yell at a Labrador, they go, I love you. You you yell at an Italian greyhound, it's under the couch for a week. Um, So it's about matching the people to the dog. And I think people will both relate and be amused by. And we did, you know, two of a kind. So if you're attracted to an animal like you and also opposite attracts. Sometimes we're attracted to that which we wish we were or that we admire. So somebody with a sighthound may admire their elegance and their grace, but not feel that they're particularly elegant or graceful. But still, that dog satisfies that in them. So it goes both ways. And then we also mention the people that should probably skip the breed. Um, Yeah. Yep, yep. I like the owner maybe of the border collie that says he never sits still. (laughs) Right. And uh, people who love border collies say, and he never sits still. Yes. And people who hate them go, and he never sits still. So so true. It was funny when I was reading it um, in bed last night, this one little section, you know, I own herding breeds and as do you and my husband and I are both A-type personalities and Mm -hmm. so I think herding breeds are as well. So it's just like 
here we are, the four of us, all A-type personalities, just doing, you know, all being anal about the same thing. (laughs) You all relate to each other. You know, another another breed might say, why do you care? And your border collies go, because that's the way it's done. That's right. That's right. We do it this way because that's the way it's done. What better explanation do you need? Exactly. Exactly. I love the fact, too, that you brought up dog parks since... um, Thank you. Oh, these are springing up everywhere, as you know. And there are benefits and there are risks (laughs) to every dog park. (laughs) You have a a totally professional view of dog parks, which is (laughs) you couldn't pay me to go. But they do. They do serve a purpose for many people who love going. If they've got a young, very social, happy breed, it's a great place. For a lot of the herding breeds that you and I live with, not such a good choice. No. My dogs would probably, I would probably say jump jump off a cliff that go to a dog park. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They're all close to me and I don't know them. (laughs) Yes, yes. And they're out of control. And that's, I I like that that's what you brought up in this too because Mm -hmm. it's your personality all the way because you gave them all these little uh, caricatures, their, um, you know, their preferences and names. and Expand upon that a little. Just name a few. Oh, because yeah. Oh, we just had fun. Yeah, the field guide to dog park regulars. Uh, and anyone who's been to a dog park knows the type. Dedicated chuckers, Latin name, Tossius Samorius. <laughs> Identifying <laughs> markings, carries bag or knapsack of gear. Dog leaping at pocket that holds the ball. Owner often sports a claw mark or two. Behavior. These owners are of athletic, fetch-obsessed dogs come to the park ready to throw. They often claim a less-used area for their activities, making them one of the few territorial park types. May be equipped with a hard plastic ball chucker, and if a swimming hole is available, may set up there. It's a lab's wet dream. (laughs) So, yes, that last line was Vicky, so right to her. (laughs) You know, but nowadays we also have the absentee owner who just drops a dog at the dog park and then goes and does errands. What? Uh, I know. I haven't seen it, thank God, but I have heard that all over the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Like daycare. They drop it Mm -hmm. off, they go, they come back later. Or the dog walkers who bring eight dogs they have absolutely no connection with to the dog park and set them loose. At least daycare, though, they have people watching the dogs. Oh, no, at daycare, that's fine. But dog walkers actually bring their charges to a, a regular park and just let the whole herd loose while they drink a coffee. Oh. I just think, oh, my goodness, that can't end well. But oh. amazingly, it ends well more often than it doesn't, which is shocking to you and me. But And yet, a tribute to the dogs. Yes, and probably you've heard this a gazillion times. My dog doesn't like every dog there, and yeah. they think that there's something wrong with their dog as the result of it. Yes. Yeah, their dog gets um, labeled aggressive because when the 10-month-old golden retriever comes over and slams them in the shoulder, they go, and I said, no, Mm. their dog's normal. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Well, I'm actually looking for um, dogology part two. (laughs) Since I'm done with dogology now, now that I've read it, I'm going to encourage all of our audience to please make sure that you get this book. And Sarah, can you tell us where we can get it? 
It's available online and at your local bookstores. But you go to Amazon, type in Dogology, and up it will come. And we would love to um, have you get it. If you have any questions, you can come to my free message board at mysmartpuppy.com. Go to Community and click there. And we have a team of experts and dedicated dog people who will help you or refer you to whatever you need or discuss Dogology because we've all read it there. (laughs) Fabulous, fabulous. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I could sit and talk with you forever, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you, Pia. Thank you so much for joining us. And for additional uh, information, please make sure that you, you check Pet Life Radio because Sarah is still up on our web and will always be. Don't forget, everyone, next week we will have our real live training session number nine. So Ooh. come ready. Yes. So that's what we're doing every other week, actually. What so a great we- idea. We have people come ready with their tug toys, a bag of treat, and well, obviously, of course, their dog. <laughs> a special thanks to our producers for making this show happen. If you'd like a transcript of the show or any other of the shows on Pet Life Radio Network, please go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on Teacher's Pet. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at Pia at PetLifeRadio.com. Until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, Sarah, and thank Thank you you, for your interest. Bye-bye. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.